I have noticed something over the past few weeks. Things that I've never even thought about or maybe I just saw them differently. There are so many times where I feel like I am moving on and learning to live a life free from all the trauma. And then something happens and it feels like my whole world crashes down on top of me. And then I feel like, am I really having good days? Or am I just living until the other shoe drops? And I want to feel like I am stronger than I was. And most days, I feel like I am. But then the shoe drops. And I wonder, is it even really strength? Or is it something that I'm just believing is strength? I have had so many lies told to me over the years. I have had so many realities taken from me. I have had people I loved taken from me. I have had homes taken from me. And sometimes I just want to know when it all stops. When do I finally get my peace and have it stay that way for good? Surviving gets very exhausting and my parents do not exactly leave me alone. And sometimes it is entirely obvious that it is them that is trying to disrupt my life. But other times it seems like it is them, but it could also be someone else. And sometimes I just sit and think I have absolutely no idea what is going on. I was not supposed to survive the things that I did, and to be quite honest, I do not know how I did. I look back at all the time that I spent with them and the memories that I do have, and I was scared and I was too afraid to do a lot of things. I was too confused to know what truth and reality were. There were so many things that made it hard for me to even believe that I actually did survive. And that whole pinch yourself to know if you're not dreaming concept has a whole different meaning for me. Because sometimes I feel like I actually need to do that. Sometimes I wonder if I had died in that car accident and everything that I'm experiencing now is just some alternate reality. I wonder if when I dug my grave so many years ago if that was when my life really ended and again this is just a different reality and then how do you convince yourself that this is reality this is the truth i did survive i am here this podcast is real the desk that i'm sitting at right now is real and how do you even learn that you do not need to tell yourself that anymore. I live with a lot of pain, both physical and emotional, and I do not want it. I want my life to be pain-free. I want to be able to wake up one day and just live life the way that everyone else does. But I do not know if that can ever happen for me. And that is what I need to learn to make peace with. I know I am strong, and I know I survived what was intended to kill me. But that does not mean that every second of the day, I can feel that strength. 
And when I do not feel it, it does not mean that I am giving up or that I am letting them win. It just means that I am human. It means that I have emotions just like any other person. It means that I am not any different. I hate this saying where they say that you cannot understand it unless you went through it. And I know that that may ruffle feathers for some people and maybe get you a little upset. But what I mean by that is I think that people can relate in a certain way to everybody. Some listen to my story and think, wow, this woman had it way worse than I did. But in reality, exactly how true is that? I survived the worst thing that is ever going to happen to me. And other people, they survived the worst thing that happened to them. Why does it have to be a competition? Why can't we all just be in this together as equals? I do not feel like I deserve more than other people just because I was given the parents that I was given. And I do not think that my husband cannot relate to the pain that I feel just because he has never personally been sex trafficked. He has watched me hurt. He has held me while I cried. And he has felt completely helpless seeing his wife in the condition that I have been in so many times. So how can he not relate to me when he does feel the pain that I am feeling? Just because the trauma did not happen in the way that it happened to me. Is it not traumatizing to watch someone you love hurt the way that I have so many times? And maybe people see a difference in all of that, but I do not. And I do not think I ever could. Last year, when the pandemic started, there were a lot of things that caused a lot of chaos in my life and in my son's life as well. Him having autism, he does not do well with change. The stores were just not stocking toys. And one afternoon, we went out to go get him his reward toy. There was very little selection. And he just cried in my arms. He didn't understand why the toys that we had ordered online would not be delivered for months. He did not understand why all the other stores were not getting toys in. And no matter how much I tried to explain it to him, what was going on, it did not make sense to him. And holding my son while he cried was so traumatic for me. And my husband holding me while I cry, I imagine is just as traumatic for him. He is an amazing man and I am so lucky to have him. I never thought that I could trust someone after all the things that I had been through but it just happened so naturally with him because he did not treat me like I was a victim or a survivor. He treated me like I was just a normal person. I am glad that I have him by my side. And I feel like if we say that you cannot understand things unless you personally go through them, that we are invalidating our loved ones that feel the pain with us and are trying to support us in the best way that they know how 
while also feeling like they aren't supporting us enough. I have had a lot of struggles throughout my marriage because I cannot imagine it is easy to be married to someone that has been through the things that I have been through. First, you have to wrap your mind around the fact that there are evil people that hurt your wife. And then you have to tell yourself that you cannot go hurt those people that hurt her because it will not do her any good at all. My husband has amazing strength and it is so awesome that we can lean on each other. And I feel like there is an entire part of awareness that not a lot of people talk about if it's even talked about at all. And that is about our partners and our spouses and what they have to go through. I know for some survivors that it is hard for them to be able to trust again and enter into relationships, but that is not true for everyone. I thought it was for me until I met my husband. And like I said, he is an absolutely amazing man. I do not know how he has figured out how to support me, but he just does in every way that I need him to without me ever having to explain exactly how. Now I am not saying every day we do not have rough times because we definitely do, but he has learned a lot. He did not just sit here and enter into a relationship with me and not get to know what sex trafficking was. And I think that that is really important. All of the websites are about how to spot victims. We need to find ways and places that our loved ones can go to so they can try to figure out how to help us. Throughout the years, my husband has learned that there was a lot of things that I was not allowed to do. So he lets me yell when I really need to yell because I was never allowed to. And he lets me just be angry at things because sometimes I need to be and I was never allowed to before. He understands that emotions are hard for me, that some I was not allowed to express and some I do not even know how to express. It has been a long road in trying to navigate all of that, but we have found common ground. He does not go too above and beyond for me all the time, and I do not always have to do it for him. We support each other equally. And when I do not feel safe, he helps me to feel safe. He knows that threatening to hurt my parents is not going to make me feel safer. He has spent the past nine years listening to everything that I have told him and everything that I went through and has been able to cater how he cares for me by just listening to my story. And I am so lucky that he has figured that out because as exhausting as it is to live as a survivor, it's also exhausting to have to tell every single person in my life exactly what I need because a lot of the times I do not even know. And when I am at my worst times and I cannot think straight and my mind is spinning, he is able to ground me and knows exactly what to do. But I have to ask myself, how much do I traumatize my husband? How much of the things that I go through can he actually understand and experience? 
And when I look at the things that he does for me and has done for me over the years, there is absolutely no way that he would be able to support me in the way that he does without at least feeling some of it. It's like with alcoholics. They have Alcoholics Anonymous, but they also have Al-Anon. Al-Anon is for the families of alcoholics. So they have a place to go and they are so helpful for families. So as a part of this journey that I am taking to bring awareness, I think this part is something that is not talked about at all. Not anywhere that I have ever seen. And it is about our loved ones and our families and the support that they need. My husband needs support, but if I am in crisis mode, how am I able to give it to him? And where is he supposed to find it? That is all part of the change that I am hoping to see. Survivors need a very strong and sturdy support system. It starts with the family that is not part of the ring and mine starts with him and I wish that there was a place that he could go for support or even just to escape it all I did not choose to be a survivor and he definitely did not choose to fall in love with one I have resources though not a whole lot but he has zero so I will add that to my to-do list to get more support for the loved ones that are in our lives. So that way they do not have to sit here and go through all the ups and downs alone and feel so helpless. So they can have a safe place where they can learn. Because I cannot imagine how much strength it takes for my husband to not go and take matters into his own hands. That is a strength I do not think I would ever be able to have. I have noticed a lot of articles lately where there are vigilantes that are going around and harming people on the sex offender registry. And I know that people sit and think to themselves that this isn't an amazing thing. These are some of the sickest people in the world. It's better off that they're gone. And I can understand why people believe that. But the thing that I don't understand is why people think that we would want that. I look at it in a very different way. When vigilanteism happens, you now have turned the perpetrator into a victim of a crime. Eventually, the sex offender registry will look like a target and people will not be on it and will use that as reasons to stay off of it. And a tool that has been so helpful will now be in jeopardy of being taken down. And if my husband went and took matters into his own hands, he will be taken from me and my son and put into prison and we will be left vulnerable. My parents would then become the victims. And how does that help me? It never could. I want a world where people are no longer sex trafficked. I want a world where sexual assaults and domestic violence do not exist anymore. But we have to do it in a way that does not harm victims, where it does not harm survivors, 
and where it does not further traumatize us. I had a life that was filled with violence and threats. And when people want to wish harm on my parents or harm to my clients, I understand why, but it does trigger me because it reminds me of all the violence and threats that I had in my life. That may not be true for all survivors, but it is for me. And I really wish it was something that would stop. I wish there were ways that we could support survivors and everyone would just know the right thing to say or the right thing to do. Awareness does not stop at the last sale. But how do you get society on the same page on what is best on how to support us once we have escaped? There are some places that believe that we need to use the right words. They think instead of calling them clients, that I should call them abusers, that I should not say that I left, that I should say I escaped, that we should not say that a victim was saved, that we should not say the words pimp or prostitute. But in the end, do words really matter? Because for me, it feels like I am having to fit into this bubble of what society believes a survivor should look like or sound like or talk like. And I hate feeling that way because that's how I felt my entire life. I had to make sure that the things that I said never upset my parents, that I did not anger them by my actions. I walked on eggshells my entire life. And I feel like sometimes I still need to walk on those eggshells or I will not be taken seriously as a survivor. That just because one person is still hurting and struggling, that if I show happiness, that somehow I am invalidated. And that needs to end. We are all equal. No one had it worse. No one had it better. We are all survivors. And we are all in this together. Always. I had something very horrible happen to me this week. And for legal reasons... I cannot speak much about it, but it was a completely avoidable situation had the person at the doctor's office known how to treat someone that had been through trauma. And you come across this so much in life once you escape. It is like they are scared of you, but at the same time, some of them want to take advantage of you thinking that because you have gone through so much that you will easily be able to be manipulated. Sometimes they say things to you that you could say to another person that may not bother them, but in reality, it is not something that should be said to anybody. I could go on forever with all the things that I have noticed over the past 11 and a half years. Survivors do not need to be treated with kid gloves. We thrive with our independence and we need it. But that does not mean that compassion should be thrown out the window as well. It really should not be hard to be treated with decency. Something that a lot of people lack these days. Living as a survivor has been an experience, to say the least. I have my days where I feel like I can conquer anything. And there are days where I feel like I can't even conquer getting out of bed. And I know that the responsibility to reach out for help is on me. 
I need to meet with my advocate every week. I need to meet with my therapist. I need to make sure that my physical and mental health are at their best. I cannot expect other people to do those things for me. But one of the biggest issues that I run into is some people do not know how to treat survivors. And it is like the more that I look at how I am treated in certain ways, I do not even think that is how people should be treated. Even ones that have not experienced any trauma would not be able to handle some of the things. There are a lot of professions that will come across sex trafficking victims and survivors. Teachers, police officers, lawyers, judges, doctors, dentists. And some of those professions could be very triggering for survivors because they were former clients. Not the person specifically, but that profession. I cannot even explain how hard it is for me to go to the dentist office for just a regular cleaning. It takes so much to keep all my anxiety down. But it seems like the lack of knowledge of sex trafficking plays a huge part in why my anxiety gets as high as it does in those instances. Because they do not know that sex traffickers use their professions as ways to cover up their crimes. They do not understand that sex trafficking has happened in buildings that look like theirs. So why is it that they just want to do training for tattoo artists when it comes to branding or for hairdressers for things to look for or police officers? I think that it is something important that all professions should have some sort of learning tools for. But unfortunately with them, like every other person, most do not go look for those tools until something happens and hits too close to home for them. When I gave my speech two years ago, I started it off by saying that it always happens where someone goes missing and the police will say that it is possibly sex trafficking. And that's when people will go on to Google and try to learn what sex trafficking is. And that is so true. And some people have not even thought about getting educated on it until they hear the story of a survivor. Or a family member is groomed on a social media site. I feel like when it comes to other crimes, there is so much prevention. I have an alarm system in my apartment. I have other things to protect us from a home invasion. I have renter's insurance. I have so much prevention for a burglary or a home invasion. But how much prevention is there for sex trafficking? Most of the time when a perpetrator is attempting to groom a child through a game or on social media, if that child does not go with them, there is rarely an arrest. And if there is an arrest, they do not go on the registry. Why can't we make it so that way there are more prevention tools? It's like we expect sex traffickers to stop existing instead of putting things into place to help people learn signs and learn what to do in the event of someone attempting to groom them or kidnap them. And I feel like we shouldn't have to wait for the kidnapping to happen for something to be done. 
We should not have to wait for someone to go missing in our town for the town to start allowing organizations into our schools to teach our children what the signs are. There are so many things that we could put together as a society to prevent these crimes. It starts with awareness. And of course, it is not going to be foolproof. But maybe it will save a victim from becoming a victim. The laws right now are so outdated and there are very little laws for prevention. And I hope that changes. Again, it is something I write to my state legislator and state senator, begging them to change. The changes are there and it is possible. It is within our grasp. We just have to reach out for it. But it is like I said in previous episodes, how are you supposed to know what things there are to help with prevention? The stories of survivors can be so helpful. I am glad that I have been able to get myself into the position where I can share my story, where I can come on to my podcast and tell you the different things that I have been through because it can be a useful tool for so many. And maybe someday a teacher will listen to one of my podcast episodes or a dentist or many other professions. And they will learn just from hearing how I felt as a child, how they can spot signs in others. Like I said, my husband learned a lot by hearing my story and seeing how I reacted in certain ways. And that gives me so much hope for the future. And sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is very bright. Sometimes it is much dimmer. But that hope at the end of the tunnel, that light never goes out. And it's because of people like my husband and people like my advocate and people who are listening to this episode right now that are wanting to learn more and then takes what they learn from hearing my story and continues my message and notices things that they would have never noticed before. There is a lot of focus right now on sex trafficking, most of which was started from conspiracy theories. Those theories are absolutely devastating to sex trafficking victims and survivors. And I do not feel like it is one of those things where any attention is good attention. But the one thing that was good that came from that is it has inspired a lot of survivors like myself to start speaking their truth. I was tired of hearing my truth be turned into a conspiracy theory. And I feel like there is a lot of attention being brought to sex trafficking right now that has not been in the past. So if there is a time where we are going to make changes, that time is now. We have people's attention. We just have to make sure that we keep it on the right track. I should be able to speak with the billing department at my doctor's office without being completely traumatized. I should be able to call them and make an appointment and not be traumatized. I should be able to go to a store and not have to be traumatized. Yes, my triggers are 100% 
my responsibility. And I do work on them and practice grounding techniques and I do my part. But if I am being completely traumatized by places, how much of that is caused by my trauma alone? I think a part of it is played by the person on the other end of the phone or at the store. I think there needs to be more education in all professions. Sex trafficking victims and survivors walk around your town just the same as you do. How many stores are taught how to spot victims? How many stores teach their employees how to treat people in case they do come across a victim or a survivor? There is so much change that needs to be done. We need society to stop waiting until it hits too close to home for them to become educated. We need more support for our loved ones. I did not have a family waiting for me to come home to, but there are so many victims that do and their families need to know how to support them. They need to know where to go to get them the help that they need. And they need to know a lot of things, especially where they can go to get help for themselves. I was blessed to have my husband come into my life when he did. But that is not true for all survivors. And we need to find a better way to support every single one of them.